Thanks for listening to this sermon podcast from Pleasant Hill Baptist Church in Somerset, Kentucky. Please make sure to visit us online at phbcsomerset.com. If you've just uh, joined us, you know, the story of Job in the Old Testament is an interesting story. Here is a righteous man, because God says so. He says, here's a righteous man who's upright and blameless. There's nobody on earth like him. And yet God allows the devil to, um, to wreak havoc in Job's life. And one day he loses everything, all of his possessions. He was a very wealthy man, cattle, uh, herds, flocks, all of it. He had 10 kids. They all died tragically in the same day. In a few moments, these messengers show up telling him everything that's happened. And his world is completely changed in the blink of an eye. And yet he worships God. He says, blessed be the name of the Lord. The Lord giveth, the Lord taketh. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He doesn't curse God. He doesn't blame God. And then he begins to lose his health. His friends show up. And after being silent for a week, they all, you know, have this discussion that becomes a debate, which becomes a dispute. And uh, finally, Job's tired of talking. They all think, Job, you've had to have done something wrong. You know, life doesn't work like this. God's against you. Clearly, you've done something wrong. You're just not telling us. And uh, Job is maintaining his integrity. And we know that he's a man of integrity because God's already told us. And so finally, Job's tired of talking. And he says, I want my day with God in court. He's tired of talking to man. He wants to hear from God. I don't know where you've been, but maybe you've been in a situation where you want justice. Maybe you're frustrated. Maybe you're angry. Maybe you've been hurt. Maybe you want God to right a wrong that's happened to you, whatever the case may be. Sometimes we just want God to show up. We want God to step into our story and do something, right? And uh, as a result... We want to have our day with God in court. Well, I want you to think about something before we answer that question. uh, Because Job is going to have his day with God in court. You'll see it in just a minute. But before we go there, I want you to think about how much happens in life that we don't understand. I know um, one guy in a previous church, we had this conversation one time, things in life we don't understand. You know what he didn't understand? The fax machine. How in the world can you scan a copy, it goes through a little wire, and then spits it out the other end, you know? And and that's nothing compared to email now, right? But I mean, before email, there was the fax machine. If you go back further in history, um, Williams Jennings Bryan, um, who... um, Bryan College in Tennessee is named after of. You've, you've heard of the Scopes Monkey Trial and all that. But William Jennings Bryan, he was a, um, a Christian. He was someone that loved to defend the faith. And his mystery was, are you ready? The watermelon. The watermelon. Think about this. He says, I've observed the power of the watermelon seed. It has the power of drawing from the ground and through itself 200,000 times its weight. When, when you can tell me how it takes this material out of its colors and an outside surface that imitates art and then forms the inside with a white rind and within that a red heart and then black seeds everywhere and it's capable, all those seeds are capable of drawing through itself 200,000 times its weight. He says, when you can explain to me the mystery of a watermelon, then you can ask me to explain the mystery of God. Interesting. 
I mean, when you think about the mystery of God, there's just so much that you and I don't know. I can't even explain a watermelon. I can't even explain electricity or a fax machine, okay? So it's definitely over my head. But I can say this, we've all had questions, and I'm sure you've got questions. We've all had questions, things that happen in our lives, things that happen to us, that happen to others, and we don't understand, God, why did that just happen? Why is this person going through that struggle? Why is this happening? God, why did you let that happen? And We have all these questions that come into our minds, and we want to say, man, if I could see God, I would tell him what I think. Now, don't look at me dignified like this is Sunday morning because this is how we live, amen? This is how we live Monday through Saturday. God, why is this happening? And I love what one guy said. He said, I had a million questions to ask God, but when I met him, they all fled my mind and it didn't seem to matter. And you know what? I've got a lot of questions I want to ask God someday too. And sometimes I wonder, what will I say when I get there? Well, that's what happened to Job. I want you to look in Job chapter 38. And after all this time, Job had three friends. They went three rounds. And then a bystander, a young man that we talked about last week named Elihu, he jumped in there and had his say. And Job's not talking anymore. He just wants God to show up. And the crazy thing is, God does. God shows up. In Job 38, verse 1, Then the Lord answered Job from the whirlwind. And I would call it a storm, because like Brother Nanny was saying, when you hear a a lot of wind rustling outside, what's the first thought? There's a storm. You know, something's fixing to happen. And so God speaks to Job from this whirlwind, and He says, Who is this who obscures my counsel with ignorant words? When you're God, you can say that. And that's exactly what God said. Who obscures my counsel with ignorant words? In other words, Job, here I am, and you don't know what you're talking about. In so many words, that's what he said. The purpose of this encounter was to make Job realize that he could not meet God as an equal. God is God and we are not. You know, previously in the book, Job had said to God, call and I will answer, or I will speak and you can respond to me. But they're not even on the same playing field. At this point in chapters 38, 39, 40, and 41, in those four chapters, if you want to count them, you can. God asked Job, let me get the magic number right, 77 different questions. Talk about, whoa, you know, here God shows up and God says, all right, Job, who obscures my counsel with ignorant words? Let me ask you a few questions. Boom, 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 just like punches. Boom, boom, boom. 77 questions. After that, he's speechless. And I think you and I would be as well. The first question really frames the rest of them. Who is this who obscures my counsel with ignorant words. And if we had time to read all of chapters 38, 39, 40, and 41, uh, we, we would. But let me summarize it for you. All of these questions, these four chapters of God speaking to Job can be summed up in three questions. The first question, if you're taking notes, God uh, asked Job, can you explain my creation? 
In chapter 38, he says, can you explain my creation? God pointed to the creation of the earth. He pointed to the sea, the sun, the dimensions of creation. He pointed to the various elements of the weather. And he basically said, can you explain it to me? And of course, Job is one of the oldest books in the Bible. There are some that that uh, believe it's one of the first books written in the Old Testament, even though it's located in the middle of the Old Testament. And so here is Job, he's speechless. I mean, he doesn't have the sonar and the radar and all the, you know, the tools of technology that you and I have today, and it probably wouldn't matter anyway. He's hearing God, and he's like, I don't know how to explain all that. The second question uh, that summarizes what God said to Job is, can you oversee my creation? You know, in other words, you want to be God for a day? Do you think you can handle it? You want to oversee all my creation, Job? And there in uh, chapters uh, 38 through 39, God points to six animals, the lioness, the goat, the deer, the wild donkey, the wild ox, and the horse. And he points to five birds, the raven, the ostrich, the stork, the hawk, and the eagle. And he goes in detail describing each of these animals, each of these birds, and says, can you take care of them? Job, if I were to make you God for a day, can you handle taking care of all these different creatures? You got to take care of them all. And sure, uh, Job is overwhelmed by that. And then the third question that summarizes what God said to Job in chapters 40 and 41 is this third question. Can you subdue my creation? In other words, God is saying, look at all my creation, Job. Can you explain it? Can you oversee it and can you subdue it? If you're God, you can handle it. If you're not God, you can't. Case closed. And so he says, can you subdue my creation? And at this point, God narrows his focus down to two animals. And many believe it's the hippopotamus and the crocodile. Um, We can always debate that, but that's what many conservative scholars believe. It's the hippopotamus and the crocodile, poetically described and the issue here is not God's power, but His justice. It's like, it's like in so many words, God is saying, Job, if you want to be God, you've got to be able to handle all this. And so I'm just going to give you two of my creatures here. And when you can tame them, when you can handle them, when you can judge them, when you can wrestle with them and, and show your authority and your control, then we'll talk. Just two. And of course, with the primitive weapons of that day, Job was not having any of that. Well, in these four chapters, Job does have an opportunity to speak twice. And that's what I want to zero in. And so I want you to turn to Job chapter 40, verse 1. It says, The Lord answered Job, Will the one who contends with the Almighty correct him? Let him who argues with God give an answer. So now... You know, God is sort of pausing the conversation and he's saying, Job, answer me. And there in verse 3, Job answered the Lord, I am so insignificant. How can I answer you? I place my hand over my mouth. I have spoken once and I will not reply. Twice, but now I can add nothing. And then... The Lord continues to speak to Job. Well, get ready to answer me like a man. And here he comes with more questions. What are you going to do when you meet God? That's what my message is about today. What are you going to do when you meet God? 
So how do you deal with pain in your life? How do you deal with hurt in your life? Well, I want my day with God in court. Well, what if one day he shows up? What are you going to do when God shows up? Well, I'm going to give him a piece of my mind. I'm going to say this as loving as I know how. It doesn't work that way. It just doesn't work that way. When God shows up, you become so aware of who he is, how he's God, and you're not. It just doesn't work that way. So what will you do when you meet God? Well, I want you to look at what Job did. Number one, he was silent. He was silent. He realized, man, I am so insignificant. You know, I spoke once. I spoke twice. (laughs) I'm not saying anything else. He is silent. Sometimes that's the best thing you and I can do. When we realize whose presence we're in, when we realize who we're dealing with, the Creator, Almighty God, the first thing we ought to do is be silent. We realize that He is God and we are not. And we realize that arguing isn't going to help. It's not going to help. And then in chapters 42... In 42, we see the second response that Job has to speak back to God. In Job 42, verse 1, uh, after all these 77 questions, now Job has a second time to speak to God. And here's what he said in Job 42, verse 1. Then Job replied to the Lord, I know that you can do anything, and no plan of yours can be thwarted. You asked, who is this who conceals my counsel with ignorance? Remember, that was the first question. Surely I spoke about things I did not understand. Things too wondrous for me to know. You said, listen now and I will speak. When I question you, you will inform me. Job says, I had heard reports about you, but now my eyes have seen you. Therefore, I reject my words, and I'm sorry for them. I am dust and ashes. You know, whenever we realize that we're out of our league, it has a way of putting us in our place. And that's exactly what's happened to Job. He is in over his head. He is out of his league. No man can ever be equal to God, and now he's been put in his place. He realizes that God is the creator. He's God Almighty. He can do anything he wants. And none of us, even on our best day, could be God for one single day. We just couldn't do it. We can't handle it. Only God is able to do that. And so the first thing Job did is he was silent. The second thing he did is he was submissive. He was submissive. He admitted his ignorance. In so many ways... He's saying, God, you were right. (laughs) From hello, you said, who conceals my counsel with ignorance? And you know what? I said a lot of things, God, and I just didn't know. I didn't get it. I didn't understand. I had no clue. And so he admits his ignorance. He humbles himself. He realizes, hey, God is God and I am not. And whoa, am I out of my league? And then he repents. He says, you know, God, all that stuff that I said I had, yeah, it's no big deal. It's all right. And, you know, and that's kind of funny to me because you think about it. Think about how we live our lives today. There's so many things that happen 
whether it's little things or big things, they get under our skin and then they get into our heart. And if we don't deal with them, if they, if they hurt us, if they anger us, if we don't deal with them, all of a sudden they can consume us and they can, they can I mean, we can waste months, we can waste years of our life frustrated, angry because this happened or that happened or this didn't happen or whatever. And man, when I get to heaven someday, I'm going to tell God that wasn't right, that wasn't fair or whatever or whatever. All I can tell you is when you actually see God face to face and you realize who you're dealing with, you're going to go, it's not a big deal, God, really. And uh, I just think that when we realize we're out of our league, he puts us in our place. Now, that's not a bad thing. Okay, that's not a bad thing. It just shows to show what kind of God we have. He is an awesome God. He's an almighty God. He is a holy God. He is a loving God. He is willing. He is more than able. And he is God. And he alone is God. And we just can't fathom it. I I don't know about you. I'm glad that God is the one that that's going to be the judge someday because he knows the thoughts and intentions of the heart. He's able to make a right judgment. How many times do we see things on the surface and we don't know what's underneath or vice versa? And so here we learn from Job. When we meet God, the best thing we can do is be silent and be submissive. But I have to say one more thing before I close this message. Because without this one more thing, it's really not going to help you or anybody else. You see, one of these days, every single person who's ever lived is going to have their day with God in court. And at that point in time, they will be silent and they will be submissive. You might say, how do you know that? Because the Bible says in Philippians 2, for this reason, when you think about Jesus who came and lived a sinless, blameless life, and yet he laid down his life on the cross for the sins of the world. Uh, The Bible says, For this reason God highly exalted him, gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, watch this, at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. One day, someday, every knee will bow. Everyone will be submissive. And everyone will be silent because the only thing they will say is Jesus Christ is Lord. But you know what? If you wait until that day, you've waited too long. You've waited too late. You don't have to wait till you meet God in court because if you have it just like you were going to go to court, you've got to be prepared. You don't just show up and take your chances. You, you, you're prepared. You, you, you're, you know that you're doing all that you can do so that when you show up, you're hoping that you get the judge's favor. Well, one of these days when you and I stand before God, we need to make sure that we are prepared. We've got to be silent. We've got to be submissive. But the most important thing is we've got to be saved. Are you saved? Do you know the Lord Jesus Christ? Have you ever asked him to forgive you of your sins and change your life and come into your life and just trust and follow him? Uh, Job was a saved man. He was right with God. Nobody believed it. They didn't understand why all these bad things happened to him. All his friends said, man, what are you doing? 
What are you hiding? What are you doing that we don't know? There's got to be something. It just didn't fit their, their, their view of how the world worked and how God worked. And we'll finish this series next week when basically when God gets done with Job, then he turns to Job's friends and says, y'all aren't right with me. That's the aha moment. The whole book, these three guys are saying, Job, you must not be right with God. I mean, you must be living wrong because look at what's happened to you and look at, look at us. And in the end, God flips it and says, no, you don't understand. And we'll deal with that next week. But you and I must be saved. Jesus said you must be born again. It doesn't matter how you grew up. It doesn't matter how you were raised. It doesn't matter what sinful tendencies you have. Jesus says you must be born again. You cannot see the kingdom of God. You cannot enter the kingdom of God unless you are born again. Have you ever been born again? Born again happens when you hear the word of God and you believe it and the spirit of God produces new life inside of you and you are now spiritually born. You are born again. You were born physically and then you're born spiritually. And now you know the Lord, you love the Lord, and because you've been born again, now you're going to live out this life that he's put inside of you. Do you know the Lord? Are you saved? Because here's the thing. One day, when we all have our day with God in court, every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess, but those who know the Lord will be with him forever in glory. And those that don't, you don't want to know about that. But that's something that you can do something about today. Right now, right here, do you know the Lord? Have you ever been saved? Maybe he's calling you to respond to him right now. As we stand, as the musicians come, we're going to have a time of invitation. We we're talking about the good news that God became man in Jesus Christ. And Jesus lived the life we should have lived. He died the death that you and I should have died. He took our place. He rose from the grave on the third day. And now he says, if you will trust and follow me, uh, he'll change your life. Thanks for listening to this sermon podcast from Pleasant Hill Baptist Church. To learn more about the church, find out meeting times, or learn how to contact the pastor, please visit phbcsummerset.com.